0: This is the Relevant
1: Podcast. It's episode 965, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and once again. Sitting in for Jesse Carey in Nashville, Tennessee, relevant senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, feels like he's here with us. Uh, uh, from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, just down the road from Tyler, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up, dog? Uh, hey, it's, you know, let's see, the public release of this episode is on the May 5th. The uh-huh. Subscriber Relevant Plus edition came out two days ago on Tuesday. Uh-huh. But Jamie, tomorrow, Friday, your birthday. Happy birthday. It's my
2: birthday. Thank oh my you. Gosh. 44. Are you
1: doing anything special it's to Friday, celebrate? Friday, Friday. I'm going Tuesday. with
2: uh, my I love a husband Friday birthday. and uh, our best like couple friend. We're going to see Coldplay in Dallas. Oh, cool. Ooh, I know. Fun. I've so seen them a few
3: times. Coldplay so far.
4: Have you seen them before?
2: Uh-huh, I have seen them before. It, here's a fun fact, guys. Uh, Aaron and I this summer will be our twenty first wedding anniversary. We saw Coldplay wow. on uh, the Tonight Show on our honeymoon, and they played oh, wow. Yellow, I think, it was when they were first yeah. starting. Fun fact, yeah, huh? Yellow. Yeah,
1: Man, yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Fine. On your honeymoon, you got tickets to the Tonight Show.
2: Yeah, we went to New York City for our honeymoon.
1: Did you just did you pre plan the Tonight Show thing, or did you just like like? spur of the moment Did you stand you win in line tickets? for tickets
2: i don't remember actually how that happened it was a long time ago but i remember we saw them <laughs> that's so wow i don't remember things from 21 it was years hard ago to get tickets i know i don't know how we got tickets maybe my husband maybe he was just like i'm gonna make this honeymoon amazing
4: here's a question for you guys if you could go to any of the late night if you could be in the audience of any of the late night shows who would be your who'd be your guy jimmy fallon snl i've 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 been to two fallon tapings
1: uh snl would be my dream if we're talking Mm. late night arsenio hall
4: oh are you bring it back
1: wait arsenio current day or you going back to 96 no no we 96 bro
3: yeah (laughs) come on man we're playing
4: (laughs) i've tried i've tried to do the snl thing Oh, do every year like i've tried like i've done because every year i put in for the lottery absolutely
2: so how does it work? You just put your name in?
4: You have to make a case for it. You have to like tell them why you deserve to be there. On did, night I live. did
1: it. Did you? What did? What was your reason? What was your case
4: that you just made the, to try and know, guess? No, me, take a... me, my wife and I are fans. We watch every night. I don't have a good story. They didn't save my life or anything like that. I just oh. we Liz and I do watch, we watch Saturday Night Live live pretty faithfully. We, we really do try to get back in time to watch it. It kept us together during quarantine. You know, it's not a good story, so I'm not surprised we didn't pick it. But but I really did want to go.
2: Cameron, what's your but story? There's only,
4: there's, it's a very small theater. Oh, mine's sad,
1: but uh, at the, life was <laughs> very different yours. at the beginning of this TV season. And yeah. uh, I put in that my girlfriend at the time, and I love SNL, watch it, talk about it. And if I won tickets, we would fly up there and I would propose on the trip. I, like, oh, wow. like, like we would come for SNL. And I would propose uh-huh. after the taping, and uh, we are no longer together. Oh, and that's sad. <laughs> and I did not get tickets.
3: Dodge, dodge the bullet. Dodge the
1: bullet. <laughs> oh, also, it's a risk. You all know that now. Why well, didn't know it at the time? I didn't know it at the time. That was a <laughs> big
4: risk because what if it was just a really bad episode of SNL? You know, what if you got in <laughs> and they put you on like the one of the really lame ones? And you're you are like you would oh, still love it. Didn't though. laugh very much. Didn't have a lot of fun, but you want to get married? <laughs> well, you like, it. It, you're you're yeah, taking yeah, a gamble. Yeah, yeah,
1: Sorry, that was a bust. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucked. You want to get married? I understand. Sure. It
4: would have worked. It would have been fun, I am obligated
1: to propose now because they gave us tickets. Oh, so. Gosh, anyway. that
2: makes me nervous, Cameron.
1: Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to one of our heroes, Christine Kane. Uh, she joins us to talk about the things that we can all be doing to energize our relationship with God even when we're feeling spiritually bored, you do not want to miss this very relatable and helpful conversation. It's coming up later. We also have uh, at the end of the show. Stick around because I have some table topics that I want to ask the cast. I have, I've I've been perusing the table topics cards. I got some questions coming up. It's gonna be fun. But stay tuned. Right now, up next, it slices. <laughs> Season 2, Spill Tab, featuring Gus Dapperton. The song is Velcro. Season 4 of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
0: Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry
4: of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
0: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
1: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit TheChosenRiseUp.com and get your tickets now. That's TheChosenRiseUp.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Oh, we're doing the sexy slices. Hey, Tyler. What you got for slices? (laughs)
4: All right,
1: Tyler, you're sitting in for Jesse. You're up first. What do you got? (laughs)
4: I don't think I've ever been on. That's a new one for me.
1: (laughs) No, you haven't. Oh, oh, it's very uncomfortable. Sexy Slices is a whole vibe. It just makes you
2: feel real weird. Like we're all in this bedroom together, which just makes me feel very uncomfortable.
4: (laughs) all right get us out of this hole tyler no i'll I'll do i'll do my absolute best all right so this is this is kind of a a, a twist and turns one but are you guys familiar with that tv show the chosen do you know what i'm talking about when i say the chosen yeah yeah yeah. dallas jenkins yeah (laughs) i never heard
1: of it
2: you haven't heard of it derek so it's pretty
4: good it's like the bible it's like the new testament by way of prestige TV, so they they take the story of Jesus and do a like a TV show, about, and it's I would say it's of a of a, a higher a slightly wow. higher benchmark than your average Christian sure. media show. It, it's pretty good, so, so I'm be Following,
1: I've known it, Dallas for a long time. He's the son of Jerry Jenkins, the Left mm-hmm. Behind author, right? That's right. So yep. I've known Dallas. Mm-hmm. He's been in filmmaking for twenty five years, and uh, he did some indie films back in the day that actually relevant was very tangentially part of back in like 2000, 2001. I mean, a long time ago. And he then, you know, they didn't quite break out or anything like that. And then he went and, you know, did, did film at some churches and some different things. And he came up with the idea, you know, whatever, six, seven years ago to crowdsource, like, let's do it right. Mm -hmm. Let's do something that's not cheesy. Let's do it well. And let's get the right resources involved. And he crowdsourced it and it became incredibly successful on Kickstarter. I think they raised like over $10 million for an Mm -hmm. unheard of, unseen project. And so he had the money to go do it right and he did it right. And now they're on season three. They're filming season three right now. You can watch all of season one for free on YouTube and other places. but For free. Yeah, for free. So, I mean,
4: let's
1: let's kickstart it. Let's get it out there. Let's show that Christians can do stuff that's well done and tell the story of Jesus that way. So good for him.
4: And he, he's a he's a genuinely, I'd say, gifted filmmaker, and it, it's a good-looking show. It's it's a well it's well written. It's interesting. It finds some real drama in there. It's maybe like kind of a more of a message translation of the story of Jesus mm-hmm. than a strict gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but maybe that that's okay. So if you go into it with that knowledge, I, I think you'll enjoy it. But they, they I've, this is kind of interesting, and I, I saw a few places reporting on it, and I, I dug into this. So as part of, like Cameron said, season three is about to come out. And as part of the marketing campaign, they have put up billboards uh, in major cities across the U.S., Indianapolis, Houston. You have probably may have seen them up and around. Just very straightforward, basic billboards advertising The Chosen. Season three is coming out. A few weeks after that, the these signs Started to be defaced and sort of a faux, like, uh, uh, like there would be like devil horns drawn on Jesus, or this show is boring in a very clear, like, deliberately, this wasn't, this wasn't, uh, it, this wasn't, uh, authentic vandalism this wasn't re- this was you could tell that it was like a deliberately painted on campaign that pushed people to this website called chosensucks.com oh. in which you S-U-X. see an autoplay video of the devil and some demons trying to plot about how they're going to stop the chosen the next Series season of The Chosen from coming out, but you realize they're actually all really hooked on the show at the same time. So it's kind of cutesy. It's a, I laughed at it. Honestly, I did. It's like kind of a funny, like well done video, but it's a, so it's, so it's a little marketing stunt that they threw together as a way of drumming up more publicity. All right. So, so far, so good. No problem. But the, conversations around this campaign got really, really heated for two different reasons. One, some sort of, I would, in my opinion, gullible Christian fans of the show who thought this was a real, like a team of coordinated attacks on a Christian TV show trying to take it down before it comes out. So they call Mm -hmm. in to, Mm -hmm. they call the police, they call the marketing, but the people who put up the billboards, like, why are you protecting your billboards better than this? And trying to make this about an actual act of Christian persecution uh, to the point that Dallas Jenkins, the creator, had to issue an apology and a statement saying, no, this is all, we did this. This is part Mm -hmm. of the plan. This is straightforward.
1: Which any reasonable person... Christian persecution can conspiracy theorist strikes you as a reasonable person like of of course they're not looking at the actual dot com to see that this is marketing.
4: (laughs) But it's like not even like like nobody would just go up and like these would be an incredibly elaborate like devil horns on Jesus and they would have like curly mustaches on some of the other characters or uh, eat like binge salad not chosen. Like it was a it was a pretty dumb, like very silly, goofy campaign. So that's one of the things that happened to the point that Dallas, who was clearly like very embarrassed about having to do this, but he apologized to fans for for not telling them earlier that this was a, this was all part of their plan. The other thing that happened was several media outlets, including Slate, uh, put together this idea that this was also sort of an astroturfed that they were that the chosen was deliberately trying to milk their own persecution complex. They wanted to Lord fool people into us. thinking there was an evil there was an evil campaign to get them down. And they wrote, Slate wrote, for example, a Christian television show badly underestimated the concerns oh of its audience gosh. or understood them too well, uh, and. And this place called uh, Sky News uh, wrote, creator Dallas Jenkins unwittingly proved that Christian persecution in the U.S. is a myth. So trying to take this very obvious publicity stunt and make it into something very nefarious and wicked. And I think this is another example of people really reading into like it's very clear that this was a deliberate stun. It's very, very, but I saw a lot of people, even people I respect, tr- kind of laughing at the Chosen for trying to astroturf their own persecution campaign instead of what this clearly was, which was just a dumb publicity. It clearly didn't land because <laughs> the audience, <laughs> some members of the audience weren't smart enough to figure out what was going on.
1: That's crazy. Now, I will say this this is funny. Like your whole alt site thing, cho- thechosensucks.com S U X b- reminded me. That back in the day, I grabbed the domain relevant sucks.com, mm. like spelled yeah, correctly. That's right. Because I don't want anybody else to have it. Right? Like yeah. I don't you yeah, know what I'm saying. There you go. So like, <laughs> hey, y'all, I just checked. Derek dot is available, as is Jamie com. So y'all better wow. grab that, lock hey, it down hey. and make sure that Nobody else can have that. You need to own your
2: own narrative. I would cry myself to sleep. That's what I'm saying. Go grab it. I've owned RelevantSucks.com since 2000. My
3: 2018, 2019 whole Donald Trump presidency was (laughs) DerrickSucks.com from Evangelical. So I don't really think they could do anything more than what they've already done. So hey, look, run with it. <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> so you want the actual negative campaign coming because this is just going to draw more attention to you. I, I'm, I got like, you. I, I'm like, I don't know what else. I'm like, I don't know what else you could say. Like, I'm, I'm too sensitive. I I'm, don't I'm, want I'm, people out there going relevant sucks.com. So I'm like, I yeah. See, it. y'all gotta, y'all down. gotta get
3: y'all's, y'all gotta level up a little bit. Y'all gotta think of that skin <laughs> up. I, I'm not a Christian, you know. I'm, I'm part of the leftist agenda. I'm part All of the that. Illuminati. I was part. I've been part of the Illuminati for the past fifty. Years, wow. apparently. I mean, I was, you know, yeah, yeah. I remember I was, my first Give music videos, insight. they were like, look look at his hand. Give yeah. I was Give like, yo, it. if the Illuminati is uh recruiting Christian rappers, they down bad. Like it's just we broke. At that time, I was so broke. If somebody robbed me, they'd just be practicing. So it's, you know what I'm
1: saying?
3: Oh, That's
4: God.
1: great. For so the chosen. God, the Christian persecution people really thought that the Chosen was being persecuted. My goodness. Get a sense that and then the
3: other side overreacted.
1: Yep. And it's
3: this nefarious plot by religious people yeah. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It went
2: bad
1: Stoathed both ways. It oh went gosh. bad both ways. Wow. All right, Jimmy, what do you have?
2: All right. If you guys want to escape at all, Derek, I got it for you. If you just want to get away from all Do the mess. Do you want me
1: to grab JamieIvySucks.com? Do you want me to grab it and keep it <laughs> I safe? Might.
2: If, if, if someone creates JamieIvySucks.com, I'm applying for this job that I'm about to tell you about because I'm going to have to get away. Uh, there is a job opening for the world's most remote post office in Antarctica. Okay. Have any of you all ever been to Antarctica? No. No. I, I can't uh, say you? Uh, a lot have you? of people go there. No, I haven't, but I would go. I mean, not a lot.
1: I mean, I thought it was just basically researchers.
2: Well, cruise ship stops there because this post office also is a museum. And so they get a lot of visitors every year. So this is a six-month position. There's uh, four people, I think, that are chosen. and Well, it's a five-month role. It's called Port Lockroy, um, and it's called the Penguin Post Office. It's about 80 years old, but it also doubles as a museum uh, there. And the employees, they have roles for like taking care of the museum, a historic site, catering to. Here it is, Cameron, catering to the thousands of tourists who come by boat during the season. Yeah. Wow. And they're also in charge of like keeping up with the penguins. And so they're doing a lot of like research tallying on the penguins. Uh Uh, So. But there's also some downsides. There's no running water. Uh, so you oh. might get a shower if when a ship comes in if they let you come on board and take a shower, but it oh. says that some people go weeks without mm-hmm. a shower. I'm not down with this.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's uh, just COVID working yeah. from home for yeah. me. That's fine Let's work from home.
2: <laughs> <Except> <laughs> it processes 80,000 pieces of mail, all written by tourists. Isn't that crazy?
3: oh no oh yeah you no, yeah sending out no, postcards
4: postmarks no. from Antarctica. That's pretty cool. anthrax what if they try to anthrax
3: <laughs> the penguins bro my
4: I'm question cool. is how does this place have four <laughs> employees and when i go into my east nashville post office there's like one person behind the desk for all 50 of us in line i don't know what's going on uh-huh. man struggling too yeah
2: i th- i think it's because they've got dual jobs they're not only processing that you know Eighty thousand mm-hmm. pieces of mail from the local tourists coming through, but they're also they have to clean up a lot of penguin poop off the deck, you know, because we don't want to have the poop mm-hmm. on the deck when the visitors come into the museum. They're counting the penguins, mm-hmm. draw they straws call every day for who gets dope. I mean, it's just an adventure. If anyone's mm-hmm. looking for a five month adventure, boring
4: front go desk for it. job.
2: How, how, I'm trying to think
1: how many continents I've been to now. How many have y'all been to? I've been to six. I need to go. I need to been bucket to, list this thing. I am going been to. Th- I need to get to Antarctica. Three.
2: I think I've been to four. I
4: think. I think three. Yeah, I been three
1: for me. Antarctica is not going to get checked Africa. off anytime soon. Y'all don't forget Europe. to count North America. South America, North America, Australia, Asia. Yeah, yeah I've oh, been to six.
4: four. Four uh, for me.
1: I've been I to four. There you go. All right. Well, we need a bucket list. Maybe, maybe for our uh, thousandth episode in September. We'll, take, we're, you know, doing we'll do the podcast cruise, show, but we'll do an Antarctica podcast cruise.
2: Let's go. Let's do it. Let's
1: do it. Interview some penguins. Nope.
2: Derek, you wouldn't go? To Antarctica? On a cruise boat. You go in luxury. We've already had the cruise conversation. Man,
3: I'm- look, y'all already know my relationship with cruises. No. We are like, I, listen, the first cruise I'm going to go on, it better be the most fire cruise in the world. I'm not trying to go on a cruise and it's cold.
2: I'm going to Alaska
1: yeah. on a cruise. My parents have done that several times. Apparently, the Alaskan cruise, where you go up the coast of uh, Canada, you leave out of mm-hmm. Vancouver or Seattle, yep. and then you go into the fjords and the all that, they 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 say it's just the most stunning experience ever. Is it, it's cold, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not winter. It's I mean, it'll be summer, but it's still cold. You know, it's not yeah. like a... You're not out of the pool deck. You know what I mean? You're there for know. sightseeing, but... You got a sweater right.
2: on anyway. All
3: right. It's what cold. Oh, all right. Um, so <laughs> this is a very bizarre story that I'm about to bring. I can't
2: wait. Um,
3: so there's a guy named, let's see what this guy's name is. Cause I just was just Lucas Risotto, Lucas Risotto as a child had an imaginary friend that was a microwave. Okay. Um, yeah. So Sure. his, his sure. microwave was his imaginary friend.
2: Like his actual microwave or in his head there was a pretend microwave?
3: No, no, no.
1: His actual microwave. Oh, okay. So it's not like Got McGee it. and me where like this little cartoon microwave yeah. would follow him around. Nah, he okay. had an actual microwave. Would he like open and close the door like it's its mouth <laughs> talking to him and stuff? Yes.
3: So his name and the microwave's name was Magnetron. And he okay. said in his mind, Magnetron was an Goodness. English gentleman from the 1900s, mm. a World War One veteran, an immigrant, and a poet, and of course, an expert StarCraft player. Uh-huh. So very first off, Lucas, yeah. your mind—you need to be writing for somebody right now. I don't know <laughs> what, what you're doing right now, but you need to be writing for somebody because that's kind of crazy to come up with as a kid. But anyhow, so fast forward. There's this new thing called OpenAI, where I guess you can, you know, program AIs, and he decided. To give that microwave uh, an AI personality. So he writes this whole backstory of memories and all these different things. And everything starts going off great until Magnetron wants to kill Lucas. No. What?
4: Yes. The <laughs> microwave. The, the microwave wanted to kill him. He used him. AI to bring Magnetron yes. to life.
1: Wait, no, 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 This is this is real. This isn't like this he's is dead made serious. Up- this is real. <laughs>
4: So, this is a real story. And Magnetron starts threatening. Magnetron, Lucas?
3: he put he puts he puts so he put he has a uh, a microphone on okay. there. You can actually hear Magnetron's voice. He had programmed him a, a English accent and all these different things. You actually hear it on YouTube. But apparently what happened was Magnetron tells Lucas, Hey, get inside of me. Get in. I'm a microwave. Come and you know, jump inside of me, which is a you know I feel weird saying that right now, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's he tells him <laughs> to weird. do that. And then, so Lucas plays along, but he opens the microwave and he shuts the, the door and then Magnetron turns the microwave oven on. No. So he was going to try what? to fry
1: him inside of him. Like, so like, Magnetron thinks that he just got in him. And and turned himself on to cook him. And he's trying to cook Lucas. He's trying to cook Lucas.
3: So Lucas asked, why are you, why did you try to kill me? And he said, it's because of our, you left me for 20 years. Because they hadn't talked in 20 years. So the backstory was, hey, you know, you were my childhood friend. I'm bringing you back to life via AI. And the AI didn't like it. He's like, why hadn't you talked to me for 20 years? So he tried to cook him. He felt abandoned. So it, here's the this. moral of the story. Y'all stop doing this stuff <laughs> with the robots Seriously. and the AI <laughs> and all that stuff, man. We done seen how these movies work. We done seen The Matrix. We done we seen the Our ending. Robot. We done seen Terminator. Man, If listen, if I get killed by AI microwave, I'm going to haunt you for the rest of your life, Mr. <laughs> Lucas Risotto. So i am just let you know. No it,
1: fury like
3: a microwave score. Like... <laughs> like a microwave score, man. But that's this is you this is, is twenty twenty two story I've ever read that's in like my life. An ex girlfriend
1: who's just bitter because you dumped her, and then Ooh. like years later comes back around you to destroy friends? your life. Wow, it's a robot.
3: The robot tried the, the AI microwave tried to cook. How this about man. we don't make
2: electronics friends?
3: How
2: yeah. about we just use that. them for what they're supposed to do?
4: Do you guys ever get the impression about that, we uh, don't make the AIs. filmmakers, hmm? the filmmakers, the people who are do, do, creating these AI programs turned off all their sci-fi movies after act one. Like they saw somebody <laughs> create Terminator, the TI 1000, and were like, awesome. Love it. Gonna finish this movie later. Got to try to build my own version of that. <laughs> or they like, that's that's exactly how far they get because you see so many of these stories. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's going
1: to get faster and faster and worse and I worse. Know. I mean, like technology... Even the ethics of AI and animating objects and artificial intelligence, like, can't keep up with how fast technology is progressing. Yeah. And so it's like, should we bring our microwaves to life? Probably not. I don't think we <laughs> but should. But nobody's asking that because they're just saying, can we bring our microwaves to life? Let me try. They're not trying to, like, figure out,
4: should we even be doing this? Scientists are so busy asking whether or not they whether or not they could, they never stopped to ask if they should. That's the whole moral of Jurassic Park. Go. That's the entire, right. that is the ethical, it's the, it's the, it's the movie. It's the one movie every single person alive has seen. And we have learned zero from it. People are still trying to do these crazy things without stopping to ask, without getting any ethics boarding i be like, is there, is there a potential downside to making my microwave come to life? Should I consider any of the moral implications of giving my microwave a personality? Just, Nope. I, I what I understand is that technology forever marches forward into more progressive and kinder areas <laughs> of the human experience. And that's what I'm gonna do. And not to make this the Elon
3: Musk uh podcast, because I know this will be the second time that we've talked about him, but he's building an he AI robot. uh
1: mm-hmm. I said he loves it too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's but <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: he's building an AI robot that's like yeah. he wants to replace low wage like jobs mm-hmm. or he wants to replace low functioning jobs. So I'm mm-hmm. like I thought to myself I'm like, man, so what happens, you know, okay, Jamie, your son's first yeah. job was at a movie theater. So you got a robot back there cooking popcorn. That yeah. means that 16-year-olds are not getting their jobs. Like it's yeah. like we're not thinking, I don't think we're thinking through this whole thing of efficiency mm-hmm. and automation. Well, it'll change the AI, economy just like you know?
1: the industrial revolution yeah. changed the economy from an agricultural economy to an industrial economy. I mean, it's going mm-hmm. to revolutionize our economy for mm-hmm. sure. I do think yeah. it's interesting that his autonomous AI robot is like two-thirds size, <laughs> you know, like, like, like if it turned <laughs> on us, we could, we could handle it. Yeah. But right. What happens when the next person builds a full size robot mm-hmm. to uh-huh. handle a bigger task, you know, uh-huh. uh, Terminator.
4: Yeah. In they the never think about the Crazy. fact that these ro- self-replicating robots they never think yeah. about these things watch the movie to the end watch to the credits I wonder
1: I wonder if Twitter
4: has anything why did he buy Twitter maybe he's
1: gonna put all the consciousness and information from Twitter into his AI robots
4: oh my gosh hmm. cracked it wide open
1: that's worth 44 billion dollars
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. fast tracking <laughs> their intelligence i pay 44 B right. for that
1: Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. We post stuff like this on the site, too. Go check it out. Relative Magazine.com. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Christine Kane joins us. You're listening to Silas Maghalaus, and Asha Elia. The song is Come and Be My Love. That's some really good Christian music out there. Very cool. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan Extras and first peaks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Where our guest today is Christine Kane. You know her. (laughs) She's a best selling author, uh, the founder of the A21 campaign, uh, founder of Propel Women, and one of my favorite Bible teachers and speakers. You know, we're at a time where a lot of us are feeling spiritually exhausted, or even just sort of spiritually bored. Well, we talked to her because um, she has some insights about things we can do to re-energize our walk, find a new passion for our faith, and grow deeper in our relationship with God. Here is our conversation with Christine King.
4: So something that i think we hear a lot we start talking about sort of these these spiritual disciplines that we do when we're feeling spiritually bored or whatever is we're told that we should do them a lot of us especially those of us who grew up in church but we're not really told the why you're told you got to read your bible you got to pray yada yada and we just accept that but the older you get the more you're like well why am i doing this is a lot of time and energy why am i doing this so what would you say to somebody who is feeling that way
0: the number of people that. That think you know, being in the Word of God is optional. It's sort of like you know, they almost roll their eyes. Been there, done that. What difference has the Bible made, except for cause wars and injustice? And you know, sure. and you just go, wow. Um, I don't know. Mama Chris is going at fifty-five, honey. It's, it's it speaks life and hope. I could not, um, I could not speak powerfully enough about how it was. It was my saving grace, man. It was my saving grace. And, and I'm a great lover of having the word read to me through apps as well. I just, I just love that. So mm-hmm. I think being in the word in whatever way, um, you can stay connected to Jesus through prayer, um, our basic spiritual disciplines that we're all talking about, you know, if I start talking about fasting, people are going to freak out. We have a, a generation, fasting is sort of like, okay, I might skip coffee at lunch. Okay, I get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but, but, you know, fasting normally really is about food. And it really would be good to, uh, to somewhere go, okay, how do I discipline my body in a way that will connect yeah. me to, uh, Jesus at a deeper level. And it's really by denying our flesh. I mean, it's all the non-trendy stuff, man. So how's this for a relevant podcast? It's denying ourselves. <laughs> uh-huh. It's crucifying uh-huh. our flesh. It's taking up your cross and following Jesus. And, you know, we tend to think, man, if Chris Kane is saying that, that's just like legalistic. And I'm like, honey, when did obedience become legalism? That They're two different things. And you can be obedient and be full of life because you truly believe that God is good, what God has for you is good, and He's drawing you to His goodness. and truly our our spiritual practices form us and shape us and bring us into greater intimacy with Jesus. So they did one of two things that often can help us from drifting, or if we start drifting, they help us realize we are drifting. And said, you know, pay extra attention in, in Greek, pay extra attention lest we drift from so great a salvation. And the truth is, um, I'm watching the drift left, right and center. I'm watching a generation drift and I'm watching us confused, um, you know, because we've seen uh, either systemic injustice, uh, church abuses, um, leadership failures, all very valid. Absolutely but that's not Jesus that has failed. That is not Jesus that is systemically abusive. That is not, uh, Jesus is not racist. Jesus is not misogynistic. Jesus is not sexist. Um, You know, Jesus loves the poor. Jesus loves the marginalized. So what we have done is, um, I think, because we've reacted to systems, structures, institutions, people that have not necessarily been faithful or loyal, uh, we've just taken that and just Mm -hmm. thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, you know what? Bible mustn't be real. Church mustn't be real. Um, Prayer sucks. Reading the Bible, you know, um, why would you fast? And uh, and we've looked to, but, but the only thing we've done is we've replaced those practices with other practices and those practices could be cancelling people on social media, yelling at people out there or, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in the pub instead of going to church and just having another wine and just going, this is cool. This is, you know, I don't know. Um, it, it's like we are, we will practice something. So my thing is you can either practice your spiritual yeah. disciplines that are going to bring you closer to Jesus, or you will practice something else. You will, whether well, I don't know. You might mm-hmm. watch Netflix every night. I, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're uh-huh. going to have another practice um, and those practices will form you and they will, will shape you and they'll either take you closer to Jesus or draw you away from Jesus. And, um, you know, I just, I just hate to see people throw the baby out with the bathwater because, um, some things are wrong hundred percent categorically, but Jesus is not wrong. What would you, I'm curious what you would say
4: to, to a person who, feels like they are doing these things like i go to church i read the bible i do pray but i still don't feel like i have that passion and that direction that i used to have maybe when i was a younger believer um what i think that happens we hear those stories we probably felt it in our own lives what's what where where are we missing there what's going wrong
0: yeah and i love that question because that that is so valid and i think part of that Uh, might've been where, where I was in, you know, 2016, there was part of that drive and that passion. I think first and foremost, we have to radically understand the difference between passion and hype. And, um, you know, passion is something that is internally regulated by the spirit of God, despite what's going on around you. So it's the Mm -hmm. same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He lives in us. And that, so that passion comes from the inside out. Um, Hype, is what a lot of us have mistaken for passion. So well, hype gives us a certain feeling, man, but but then you need the next event or the next, whatever it might be, the next whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish you all could see Tyler here. He's like, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like, um, and so I think a lot of us, Uh, you know, became spiritual junkies. It was like, man, I need a bigger hit. I need a bigger hit. Mm -hmm. Give me the next hit. And who's the next artist? And what's the next biggest song? And what's the next thing that's coming? And what happened with the pandemic? And these last few years, man, hype's not going to get you through. There's not a chance. You're going to have to dig. So then a lot of people are like, I've lost my passion. Well, no, what has been revealed is that perhaps what was motivating your Christianity was this outside in thing. And, and I think I talk a lot about this in the book that we've got to learn to dig deep. That, that is the difference uh, that um, uh, when that anchor goes down deep, you start going, what's really going on in my heart? Maybe the drift is because my heart's full of some toxic stuff, and I think that's what's been revealed particularly in the last couple of years. Is uh, is like what I used to think was a passion for God was actually hype for God. Mm. You know, sometimes we lose our passion. We, we equate losing followers with losing our passion, or or losing influence with losing our passion. Because I think we've we, we've just uh, conflated what a lot of these things mean, and what it really just reveals is that our passion was rooted in either our performance. Um, as opposed to rooted in Christ, and I think yeah. we've had um, a great year of if we took the time wisely um, to go deep and go, okay, what, where is all of this really anchored? And here's the flip side: it's not like, well, you know, I I mustn't really believe it. You you probably do. It's just that <laughs> what has happened is it just feels different to what it did. And off, because we're such a feeling-oriented generation, we think. Because when you take the hype out of it and it gets down to just the hard work of commitment and faithfulness and obedience and loyalty and repetition, we think, oh, man, it mustn't be real. I better go find And then we look for that same hype experience in something else and we drift right out and we drift out of Christianity or we drift out of the church or we drift out of whatever. But really we're looking for another hit and we're looking, we might get affirmation then from other people or we might find that meaning in another group that really agrees with us on this particular issue. And I'm like, five years from now you're going to end up in the same place because that thing's going to run dry. You know, what now seems Mm -hmm. like a saviour to us uh, whether it's a new crowd a new group people that are you know gathering around us over the same cause well 5 years from now it's going to be a different cause it's going to be a different so it better be Jesus because the thing is if it's not Jesus you're going to end up in the same place that you are right now and you're going to get to the end of your life and God really just drifted from place to place because I wasn't prepared to drop anchor and do the hard work of staying anchored and rooted in Christ, which has a lot more to do with abiding in his love. But it's not all warm, fuzzy, man. Sometimes we love to say, you know, it's it just the grace of God, the love, all of that stuff, which is so important, the grace of God, the love of God, abide in the vine. But a lot of that is just normal, everyday, boring, routine, faithfulness and obedience when you don't feel like it. To abide in a vine, there's a lot of dirt and there's a lot of dung and you just got to hang in there. And I, I think we either romanticize it that it's got to be this warm, fuzzy, Jesus loves you, kumbaya, mm. it's all going to be great. Mm. Then eventually we find out it's not great all the time, so we don't know what to do with our angst. So then we got to get riled up about something else. So we're, we're kind of looking for this next hit all the time rather than going, man, let me just rest in Jesus and do the hard work of what it is to build a committed, lifelong relationship as a follower of Jesus.
1: That was Christine Kane. Um while that conversation wasn't connected to any sort of book promotion or new release or whatever, you should check out her most recent book, How Did I Get Here? It's available now. Alright, stay tuned up next. It's Table Topics. I'm don't
0: trust me. i one who wants to see your teeth. Don't what I tell you when on my knees. Don't trust me don't tell
1: you you're listening to the Booyah kids the song is don't trust me don't worry I don't All right. Well, normally here at the end of the show, we'd like to play a game or we might have a what's Jesse thinking, but because Jesse's out on sick leave one more time, I decided he's he actually said to uh, tell you guys he has a great what's Jesse thinking. He's been sick all week, so he's been had a lot of a lot of time to think about some stuff. So. Be ready next week. He's coming back with it. it. But uh okay. So I just in the meantime, I grabbed some table top, topics. You know, we haven't had this group of people together before, so I figured it'd be fun to ask this group some get to know you questions. I've never done table uh,
4: topics on the podcast. This have you first. never? No, I've never done it. That's good. Yep. Let's All see. right. It's the I'm whole excited.
1: range of stuff. I mean, it's a it's a potpourri of questions here. All right. So if something done land, we'll just move on to the next one. Here we go, Tyler. We'll start with you. What's the best piece of marital advice you've ever gotten? Oh boy, best piece of marital <laughs>
4: advice. the best piece of advice I've gotten? yeah, not what, giving gave me, okay, yes, okay. that's what okay. giving is <laughs> um. Uh, all right. The best piece of marital advice that I've gotten, I think that you know what, I, and I, I, think I can remember where I even got this piece of advice from. I was, I think I was actually I was in Chicago for Lala and this is right oh. before I got married. And I, we were, I was, I was talking to Shauna Nequest, and this, I was getting mm-hmm. ready to get married, and I remember that one. Shauna told me she said something that I heard a lot before I got married. This is for her talking. She said, "Is never go to bed angry." And what her and her husband had determined to do, what her and Aaron had decided is sometimes you just got to go to bed angry. You don't want to stay up late trying to patch together some like pretend you know kind of bullcrap semblance of peace go go to bed wake up again and start mm. fresh on, a, on and that has saved me a lot i don't want to make I'm making it sound like i fight all the time we, we don't but i think that there is a lot of value sometimes to being like we're not going to resolve this in one evening let's let's sleep on it we're still in love. We're still happy. When we'll talk, and we can talk about it later. And that has been a, I think, just because that one's so counterintuitive and it went so mm. far against a lot of the things that I heard, and uh, and has ended up being a, a really helpful piece of advice, not just for marriage but for a lot of relationships.
1: That's great. What about you guys? Any great piece of marital advice you were given?
2: I think that's good, Tyler. Sometimes you just need to sleep it out. Um yeah.
1: mm. <laughs> yeah. I when, when I was married one time I stayed it for 4 straight days because of that rule and it was, it was <laughs> I'm not, not going yeah. to bed. I'm not <laughs> going to bed.
2: <laughs>
4: Hallucinating.
2: Uh someone told me just in the last couple of years actually is to like assume the best. And I think that has been Mm. so helpful that sometimes we should all take that to our lives. Just like assume the best. Like maybe someone's just having a bad day. They're not like mad at you. Just assume the best or they forgot to call. Maybe assume the best instead of always assuming the worst. That's been good for me.
3: Yeah, I had uh, one of my good friends. He told me, he said, never sleep on the couch. He's like, because if you start, he say you start separating yourselves whenever you get angry. It's just the distance just gets further and further and further. So he's like, I, he's like, I don't care how mad y'all get at each other. Stay
0: when in she the bed. You get in the
3: bed. You get in that same bed. You stay in that that's same good. bed together. And, and he's like, he's like, you'll be fine. He's like, I never mm. sleep on the couch. So I, we, we've never, I've never done that. Well, I won't say, never done that. But I ain't sleeping on no couch. You know what
1: I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and your friend said to you, you don't sleep on the couch. You got to make her sleep on the couch. That's right. Said, if you.
3: <laughs> If you know my wife, yeah. you know that is not happening. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, next question: Who's the most unusual member
4: of your family? Who's the most unusual member of your family, Tyler? We're going to start with you. Man, the most unusual member of my family. They're listening. A lot of them listen to I the podcast, So you need know. to be careful here. I do need. To, I do need to watch out a little bit. Um. All right. Who would it be? Who would it be? If somebody else has one to jump on, I might need to, to think on it a <laughs> It's probably second.
3: me. For real? I'm probably the most. Uh, yeah, bro. I'm probably. Compared to my family and the normatives of our family. Hold on. Like the your stuff they Your uncle. Uh, yeah, we've yeah. seen him. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Oh, Uncle Fred. Yeah. Or Uncle Bruce.
2: Well, we saw the it's suits. Uncle Fred. Yeah. The
3: one
1: with the drip, the swag, the, the, yeah.
3: the commercials. Yeah, that's uncle Fred.
1: The, uh-huh. Yeah. That's uncle
3: and his Fred. wife. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. They're pastors, but that's, right?
3: a that's, that's a thing. That's a thing. That's. I guess the thing is that's not Bishop. that's not really unusual. My family be dressing like that. Yeah. Like my family are dressed. They Yeah, what's unusual
2: to one family might not be unusual to another. That's
3: true. That's what I'm saying. So that's un that's why I say I'm unusual in that sense. Cause I don't I don't even like suits. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. I don't like I don't even care about that. Like my wife said I had a uniform when we met, just gray sweatpants and black shirts. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's kind of my thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so you're yeah, unusual because I mean? you
1: don't fit in with everybody else. I got it. Because I don't fit sense. in.
3: Like, you know, my mom, you know, my uncle, they like Pentecostal, Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, Pentecostal people, especially certain, certain sex, they be dressing. You know what I'm saying? Certain, certain sections. Is
1: it, are they a Kojic? Is it Kojic? So my uncle's
3: or? Kojic. My okay. uncle's Kojic. So, you know, Kojic, they get down. Oh, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they get they get to it. So, all right, Jamie, who's who's the most unusual member of your family?
2: I mean, I feel bad throwing people under the bus, so I'm gonna take myself. I mean, come on, do my, it. No, I can't. <laughs> Don't say I yourself. I can't. You're not I, unusual. I can't, I am unusual in this way. I'll tell you this: is that I one of my biggest <laughs> goals in life is to make my kids uncomfortable, and so I will talk about the things at the dinner table that they just like make them uncomfortable. Because I have two reasons. One, I like making my family uncomfortable. And two, I don't want my kids showing up to college not knowing things. So I, t- we talk about the things, like all the things. Look the things. So y'all talk
3: about like the sex stuff and all, all yes, that? Yes, and, and I'll just by the up- kitchen
2: table? I'll bring it up at the kitchen table out of nowhere because. So are you talking about cringing sex inside.
3: like other people's sex, or are you talking about like you or your husband?
2: Like, oh, I'm not telling my business. Hey, no, so no, 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 not oh, my business. Yeah. No, that would be like a, you, you need to report me yeah. to somebody. If I'm telling my kids my Mom, personal. Mom, don't, no. don't tell me.
4: I probably would just stop coming I'm to dinner. Karen. Hey kids, your dad <laughs> last night.
1: Let me tell you no, what he no. did to me. <laughs> Hey, none pa- of that, pass the mashed guys. potatoes. You know what these mashed potatoes make me think uh, of? Honey? Oh my God. You know what oh, Jesus. What? Oh, no.
2: no, none of that, you guys. I'm just saying my kids are gonna not think that their mom doesn't know these things. Because I'll tell yes. being serious, um, I never wanted to talk to my parents about things because I thought I sure. knew more than they did. Sure. And that's not true. We as teenagers don't know more than our parents. So I want my kids to know. I know what the words mean. And so I think that my kids Mm, would say I'm the most unusual one. And now I'm all turning red over here getting (laughs) flustered. (laughs) Uh,
1: A very special episode of the Happy Hour Podcast.
3: Hey, you shouldn't have played the sexy slices, bro. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> hey, she's got to go.
4: It's like, yeah. all right. Um, so I think uh, mine is going to be. Your and, I, and I, I'll, I'll just say that he's my cousin because, just in case I don't want, because the I, I want, to be careful here. But I have a cousin. Uh, and the <laughs> one thing you learned about the 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 Huckabee family and our various offshoots. Is that uh, there's there's not a lot of financial savvy in the Huckabee family. There's a lot of just money was always kind of like a bottom level concern. And then somehow this cousin comes along, and he is, uh, what the, he's I, I don't want to say like entrepreneurial minded because that gives it more legitimacy than a lot of his money making schemes are. The he's a he's a, hustler. He's a schemer. Like he's always got some new like. He is grimmer. Grift is a, also makes yeah. like a and little. And he wants
2: you to be a part of? It's not. No,
4: no. I've never. It's oh. never like a, <laughs> you got to get on the ground floor of this, man. It's never that. But it's always like, hey, you know, see him at Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. And it's like, hey, what have what you, you been up to? And then he starts to explain his job. And it's not a job so much as it's a, here is how I made the money that the government knows about. This year, and then yeah. there's the, there's a lot of implied like you're hearing the ten percent, and he kind of winks at the other ninety percent, the under the iceberg, under the sea mm-hmm. level surface, mm-hmm. and it's just very, mm-hmm. and it seems to be working for now. You know, hopefully this isn't the thing that that pings the FBI to be like, we got to look into this guy because they will find stuff. Like it, it will happen. Uh-huh. But uh, but I would say that's he, he sticks out. And I and, I'll, and I and if you're listening, I love you with all my heart, and I will and I will do absolutely character witness court a lot for on your bed.
3: well you get that text message that the FBI just picked up your cousin just
1: yeah yeah all right next question what what pushes your buttons what pushes your buttons now Jamie let me tell you I'm not talking about dinner table conversation pushing no. your buttons oh, you know what I'm, saying? I'm, not I'm talk, we don't want to go there <laughs> no. I know that's immediately where you went like this is Different family podcast. dinner now, I'm not talking about family yeah. dinner what pushes your buttons What pushes your
4: buttons, Tyler? Like for temper, like 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 just sets you off, makes you mad. Like we're talking those kinds of, yeah, yeah. What pushes your buttons? Yeah, just Um, not
2: sexual buttons, okay.
4: Yeah, I would no. no. (laughs) That's a different podcast. You can people know where to find me on Twitter. Talk about that. I think it is the. (laughs) the, This is just part of the job, and it's something that people hear me complain about a lot on the uh, on. Probably on here before, but uh, if I'm scrolling through the comment section of something that I've written for this job, or and and I see people address uh, flaws, inaccuracies, errors that are addressed within the piece itself, I cannot tell you how frustrating that is. And you, I can probably imagine. You know, you do a lot of time, and I know those of you who have done writing here, everybody on this podcast at this point, know what it's like to be like if you would just click the article. If you, would just, if you would just click through and read it, you yeah, would see that now, the I've actually done a lot of put a lot of thought on, into this. And to see people just jump to the worst possible assumption about how stupid mm. they think the writer is, it really, really does drive me up a wall. But the Lord is working on me. Lord's working on mm. me. Interesting. Derek? Man,
3: I got two things. And maybe it's just right now, but it's when my kids leave the lights on, all over the house and they don't close the doors I'm full dad mode it's the most frustrating thing in the world I'm just like yo why is every door in the house wide open and why are all the lights on like why is the attic light on like no one's ever even been in the attic I just see light shining from the attic I'm like y'all I spend more money on the electric bill than I do on food cut the lights off
2: (laughs) My dad used to get so mad at me for leaving my closet light on. And I'd always be like, Dad, what's the big deal? It's just my closet. And now I, too, am going around every day turning lights off as well. Like, we just, you can't help it. Yep.
1: Years ago, I did this when I was newly single. And I I, I was not wanting to come home to a dark, empty house. So just for psychological comfort reasons, I switched to smart lighting. Mm -hmm. So when I kind of pulled up to the house, the interior lights would turn on. And I didn't feel quite so alone and i have done the hue lights on all over and every light bulb in my house is a hue light and so i can control all the lights with my phone or automatic little routines if somebody leaves a room it'll know it and i'll just turn the lights off and stuff y'all might want to look into that yeah Yeah. especially with boys now i have my son he's the same way Mm -hmm. he leaves the game room or whatever and the lights go down and go off so anyway Oh, yeah, I might have to do that, bro. <laughs> For, <gonna> real. <laughs> For real. It's a game changer. Jamie, what about you? Uh, um, so, what pushes your buttons? Oof.
2: Well, I think it, it doesn't, like, make me mad, but when I'm on an airplane and you are, the person is, like, literally right behind you and you mm-hmm. are maybe close to the plane. We're not talking I'm in row 34. I'm talking we're up at the front. And they okay. don't follow. That's the where r-
1: you only fly is right in the front. Those first, what, four
2: rows? <laughs> are your I like to yeah. sit in the front, I got you. I love miles, you. I so, you. you know,
1: but you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: we're all up close there and they don't follow the rules as to getting off the plane correctly. So they will bypass like two rows to keep getting off the plane. Mm-mm. And it, it doesn't make me angry, but it just makes me go like, do you have any kind of, so like you see this row went, then this row went, then this row uh-huh. went that like, just follow the rules guys. That kind of just like, like who me. do
1: you think you are? exactly yeah, yeah. that's what i think
2: I, who do you think the you the entitlement
1: are? of like i'm yes. more important than you, you yeah know so that, i yeah. i gotta that's get great. a connection flight yeah, and sometimes i want to be
2: like we're in dallas everybody's getting a connection flight just hold up mm-hmm. like we're all getting off this plane yeah bothers me mm-hmm.
1: all right well we have a lot more questions but we don't have a lot more time so we'll do them in future weeks i like table topics always interesting conversations well before we wrap things up i want to thank christine kane for joining us today Uh, fantastic conversation you can read more of that over at our website and like i mentioned you can also uh, get her new book it's called how did i get here it's available now also make sure to check out the brand new issue of relevant our spring digital issue is out now featuring conversations with shauna nequist ryan reynolds channing tatum bob goff No big deal. Uh, There's so many, so many, so many, so many great articles. Go check it out. The ad-supported version is available for free at relevantmagazine.com, or you can get the ad-free enhanced edition by subscribing now to Relevant Plus. Um, Also, while you're at relevantmagazine.com, make sure to check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk. It's presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can get, or you can just check out the new posts every weekday in the faith section at Relevant also, if you like the podcast, tell people about it. You can rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you hear us. Uh, it helps get word out, it helps the algorithm, you know, all the good stuff. And we love the feedback. Also, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but don't forget to head over to relevantmediagroup.com to check out our available job opportunities. We would love to hear from you if you are very good at what you do. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang, I'm Tyler Huckabee.
2: I'm Jamie
1: Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
2: Hello, hello, relevant podcast network.